The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me. And you also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Ruach, the Hebrew word that means breath, spirit, wind. Have you ever seen the wind? You can't see the wind. How do you know it's windy? You see signs. You see leaves and Paper, trash, moving, the flag waving. That's how you know the wind is moving. It's windy out there. Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit? How do you know the Holy Spirit is here, not here? How do you know? The Holy Spirit is acting, is active. You look for signs. What are the signs? Well, if you are listening to the gospel, we got a clear sign. The spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. One, tr one sign is truth. What is truth? The irony that punches Pilate, when he asked this question, he was looking at the answer. Jesus is the truth, not a truth. The truth. His words are spirit and truth. The Bible is truth. Tradition, capital T, is truth. All that Jesus revealed is truth. 
by his words and by his way of life. This is truth. What is truth? It's a relation. The conformity of the mind to reality. So it's based on reality. Insofar as the mind takes in reality, can see reality, can know reality, is in harmony with reality, that is truth. So insofar as the mind is not conformed to reality, that is not truth. Insofar as the mind is conformed to Jesus, his words, his revelation, his revelation coming from the church, insofar as the mind takes this in, is in conformity to this, there is truth. The opposite would be air. One sad example in our diocese, our bishop, Alberto Rojas, is one of the 14 bishops who made a big air, right? He was one of the 14 that signed a document saying LGBT is healthy, it's normal. That is an error. It goes against the Old Testament, against what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, it goes with St. Paul says in the New Testament. It's a sin, a mortal sin, a sin that leads to hell, to condemnation. Insofar as one loves the sin, that person hates the sinner. Another way of going against the truth is confusion. Confusing people. A prime example of that would be Pope Francis. A Jesuit education confused him and he spreads this confusion like a virus. 
that can lead to another sin called scandal. Another way of going against the truth is a sin that Jesus spoke out very much against. He chewed out the Pharisees over and over for being hypocrites, for saying they're some one thing, but they do something the opposite. Fake, being fake. We may be so used to that which is fake in everyday little things, it may dumb and numb us to the fakeness that's even worse. We see fake stones, fake plants, flowers, grass, fake bricks, fake wood, fake body parts, fake sincerity and compassion from politicians. We just seem to get used to it. A good example of hypocrisy would be Joe Biden. He says he's Catholic, but he's the opposite. He supports those things which are against Catholicism. That's hypocrisy on a grand scale in front of the whole world. Something connected with truth is truthfulness, a virtue under the cardinal virtue of justice, giving others their due what they have a right, a duty to know. Truth is also, a truthfulness is also a relation. The conformity of one's words with when, what one thinks. The opposite of this would be lying. Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. Lies come from hell, they lead to hell. Mainstream media, good example of that. It's one lie after the next. The bigger, the better. The more often they repeat it, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's always suckers that buy into it. But after a while, people start realizing there's something off here. This doesn't match reality. These people have become more and more bold because they've gotten away with it for decades. And now they're being caught. Top people in the media have been caught admitting that they were lying. And now it's going to court. 
It was recorded. Their lives were recorded. They admit it. You don't have to accuse them. They're accusing themselves and proud of it, not realizing they were recorded. So wherever you find confusion, lying, error, hypocrisy, you know the Holy Spirit is not part of that. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of what? The truth. Which another sign? Well, we call him the Holy Spirit. That's another sign, holiness. He is the source of holiness, the summit of holiness. He's the one that leads others to holiness. Holiness involves sinlessness, being without sin, less and less sin, more and more virtue. The gifts, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned in the Old Testament, the uh, Nine fruits of the Holy Spirit mentioned in the New Testament by St. Paul. These help people to become holy. That's what they're meant for. This is what we were meant for, to share in the holiness of God. The opposite of this is glorifying sin, making heroes out of sinners, saying how courageous they are. Which is a scandal to the youth, to the weak. Another sign Connected to holiness. They're all connected, these signs. We say it in the creed. We'll be saying it. The Lord, the giver of life, a life-giving spirit, supernatural life, divine life, giving man a participation in the life of God. Divine life in one's soul. What do we call that? Sanctifying grace. The grace that makes one holy. That makes you a saint. It's more God's work than your work. How do you get grace? The main way is the sacraments. The Holy Spirit is present there in the sacraments. The church closing down 
the churches, well, some many bishops closing down the churches, the parishes, depriving people of grace for that long? No grace during Easter? No Eucharist, no confession, no sacrament of the sick for the dying, people dying without the sacraments? Does it get crazier than that? Is that from the Holy Spirit? Saying, if you're uncomfortable with communion in the hand, just sit where you're at. That's an error. The church's teaching is clear. No one can deprive you of receiving the Eucharist on the tongue. Nobody. No bishop, no priest. Priests who are more concerned with their physical health than the spiritual health of their sheep? Do they really care about your souls? Two hours of confessions a week and we put up with this? This is the parish in the diocese that has had the reputation of hearing confessions. Daily, three times a day, when Father Marx was here, between him and me, we had confessions from 7 a.m. to 1, 2, 3 p.m., except for a half-hour break, and then a half-hour before the 5 p.m. Mass. That could be eight hours of confessions. And that's been taken away from us. First, no confessions during Mass, and then less and less confessions. It used to be the case that other parishes, the secretaries, would get calls, uh, we can't get a hold of our parish priest. We want to go to, I want to go to confession. What can I do? The answer was, go to Gwaski. Are we going to lose that reputation? Are we just going to sit here and let it just be two hours a week? Is that the kind of parish you want to have? That is not from the Holy Spirit. That is a spirit of comfort, of fear, of looking out for oneself, of neglecting the second commandment. That is not from the Holy Spirit. Another sign it's one of the gifts, one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
courage. Jesus knew exactly the suffering he was going to endure in Jerusalem. He knew when. He knew everything about it. But he kept on walking to Jerusalem. He set his face like flint. He kept going when those close to him were saying, don't go there, they're going to kill you. Courage is not the absence of fear. Jesus had more fear in the Garden of Gethsemane than anyone in the history of mankind. Courage is going forward to accomplish a great good in the midst of a great evil. Not getting paralyzed, not turning back, not running away. That's courage. The courage that the apostles had on this day 2,000 years ago, Pentecost. Those cowardly men hiding under the sofa once Jesus was arrested. They knocked down the door of the upper room. They burst out of there proclaiming the gospel. They would be threatened. They would be scourged. They would be imprisoned. They kept speaking the gospel. They were outspoken. Does that sound like our American bishops for the past few decades? Where are they? How come they're not speaking? The Protestants are. Protestant leaders are helping to save our country. Boy, do they make us look bad. We have the hierarchy. We have the structure. But not the shepherds to lead. Nazi Germany would have never happened with just a few wicked men in high places. The only way that could happen was having a bunch of yes men. Don't question. Just look out for yourself. If you just go along with the program, you'll get rewarded. There is a fear of punishment if you were to go against the regime. Just go along with the system. Jesus said, better to lose everything in this world and save your soul. We have doctors that are doing that, risking their careers, risk putting their family at risk, their good name at risk. They're risking everything to speak out, to tell us what's really going on medically. Okay, so you got two kinds of doctors. You're, you have the doctors 
that are saying, hey, take the vaccine, this is gonna save our country. And then you have those who say, it's fake, it's poisonous, this is what's in it, this is what it's, it does, this is what it's doing now. People are getting sick and dying. Which doctors sound more credible? Those that fear losing their job, desire rewards in this life, or these doctors that are willing to lose everything? Who sounds more credible? Who sounds more courageous? Who sounds like they're in harmony with the Holy Spirit? It can't be both. Do you really think it's a good idea to support yes-men, to keep sending money to the DDF, to act like what they're doing is okay, to act like for the past 25 years, Bishop Barnes destroying vocations, making this diocese one of the worst in the country regarding vocations, we're just going to act like that's okay. It's okay to have a, a great shortage of priests. It's okay that good people, good young men are screened out of the seminary. No, you can't enter because you're closed-minded. You're not open to married priests and homosexual priests. You're not open to that stuff. You must be sick. Uh, you need help. No, you're not meant for this diocese. You think that should be supported financially. We have people in this parish who are leaving. And they're not just going to another parish in the diocese. They're taking their money out of this parish to St. Joseph's in Pomona. That's L.A. They're going down to Marietta, the ordinaria. That's not under the bishop. They're going to Yorba Linda, St. Martin de Porres, where I help out. They're going to St. Michael's Abbey, that's Orange County. They're going to St. John the Baptist, that's the Diocese of Orange also. That's quite a statement. Less people, less money. I will not put up with this anymore. What's another sign? Love is so misused. There is a worldly love. There's something even worse than that. What's worse than a worldly love? You can read about it in the Bible. It's a demonic love. Yes, Satan and the evil spirits are lovers. They love evil more than we love good. The evil spirits hate. 
that we are in God's image. Because it has to do with God whom they hate. They want to destroy his creation, his work of redemption. They want to spread that hatred among us. And at times, these evil spirits are successful. A good example would be Bill Gates. He hates God, the church, Jesus, everything that has to do with God. He hates being in the image of God. He hates that everybody else is in the image of God. He wants to reshape everybody into his own image. To think like Bill Gates, to talk like Bill Gates, to act like Bill Gates. And those who are too old, too sick physically, mentally, to be able to do that, they'll just be killed off. Those who go against Bill Gates, it's his plan that they be killed off to. This is not from the Holy Spirit, right? Huh? This goes very much against the Holy Spirit. This is not love. This is a perverted love of self a worldly spirit, but more than that, a demonic spirit. There are people in high places all over our country that are Satanists. They do very wicked things. Sex trafficking, it's just sick, sick. This has to be from hell. That cannot be from the Holy Spirit. One last sign. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Peace. But again, we got to be careful because there is a worldly peace. Jesus told this to us at the Last Supper. The peace I give you is not of the world. The world cannot give this peace. It's from God. What is peace? It has to do with harmony, the tranquility of order. Okay? Being in harmony with God, with his thinking, his will, his revelation, his teaching. to be in harmony with the church, the saints. This is peace. The thing is, though, the more at peace we, one is with God, the more at war one is with those who are at war with God.
This personifies what I'm talking about. This is peace. This is war. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. That's peace. The serpent crusher, that is war. This is peace and war. Jesus, however much suffering he was going through spiritually, psychologically, physically, more than anybody in the history of mankind, he was at peace with his father. His human intellect in harmony with his father's intellect, his human will in harmony with his father's will, even when it was hardest. That is peace. But he came to conquer the devil, his power, to be victorious, to have a share in that, to have us participate in the work of crushing the head of the serpent. If you're not at war, with those who are at war, you don't have this peace. Maybe a worldly peace, a false sense of security, of comfort, but not the peace of Jesus, not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Discernment has to do with judging whether this is the Holy Spirit, a worldly spirit, a demonic spirit, but we can't see spirits. We can see the signs. Do we see the signs? Do we see the signs of the Holy Spirit at work? Can others see signs of the Holy Spirit at work in us? <laughs>